Welcome to the internet. Live from the Marriott Library at the University of Utah, this is the Red Line Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Dunstan, and these are my co-hosts... Kyle Holland and... Alex Fielder. Today we're talking about the infamous trolley problem and its implication for modern ethics. This should be a great conversation about how we prioritize the lives of others. Uh, Alex, that's not what we're talking about. Yeah, we're doing why trolley buses are better than battery buses today. Oh, um, <laughs> should I redo it? Nah, we'll just skip to the news and fix it in post. After more than 20 days out of service, the Orange Line shutdown is starting to yield results. The MBTA has announced that work on the project is now 69% complete. Nice. (laughs) uh, And the T is optimistic that work will be completed on time. The Orange Line will return to regular service on the 22nd. Hopefully. Hopefully. Uh, It should. They are optimistic for that. So. Cool. This being the T, you never know, but. We will be cautiously optimistic. I'm cautiously (laughs) optimistic. In addition to the ongoing track and signal work, the T has announced that 60 new cars will be ready to go into service amounting to a total of 10 brand new trains. Oh, good. Ooh. I was wondering if they were going to Yeah, the that. new stock is very nice, too. It's probably the most modern rolling stock well, in America. It's not from the 60s or whatever. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, and I don't mean in, like, America. I mean in the Americas. So, wow. like, you know, the Western Hemisphere. Hopefully that so, starts a precedent. <laughs> yes. Um, hopefully this is the beginning of a reversal in the issue-prone MBTA's fortunes, and the next few years we'll see America's second metro thriving, Oh, wait, just kidding. The green line was evacuated yesterday because of sparks, so that's fun. So what, are they going to shut down the entire green line once they're done you with know, these ones? You know, might as well at this point. Like, just cycle. Like, you you finish the, the green line, then you go to the red line, because you're going to have to shut half of that down anyway, so just do the whole thing. Then you can go to the green line, and then you can go shut down the blue line, and then you can go shut down the silver line, and then you can shut down all the commuter rail lines one by one, and then maybe, for the first time in history, the MBTA will be in a state <laughs> of good repair. Great. Hey. You, you know, other systems on the international stage do this where they shut down entire lines to do major improvements or much needed repairs. But the difference is these ones plan that and give much advance notice. Instead of two days? Yeah. Only two days? Uh-huh. Jeez. They gave the, MB- the T gave two days of notice for the orange uh, line shutdown. Yeah, you would think oh, like two weeks. Maybe. I would have thought months. Well, this was because unlike a lot of other transit authorities, the T is directly like a state agency of Massachusetts. So Charlie Baker, who is the Republican governor of Massachusetts, just decided kind of one day, hey, guess what, guys? The T's shutting down. You're going to have to ride shuttle buses. We're sorry we underfunded your transit system. Yeah, sorry we stole all your transit money for the big dig. So did they know before the two days, the transit agency, that they would have to arrange all of this? or They were actively in the process of repairing because they thought they might have to do it. But so they didn't they, know for they sure. They didn't know for sure okay. until like two days before. So Jeez. that being said, it's all gone pretty well, actually. Like Boston implemented like a safe cycling route along the whole length and mm. they brought in you know every spare bus in the United States to run <laughs> shuttle service with so I've heard like, okay. I, I'm not even kidding here because the orange line oh let's look up pre-pandemic ridership numbers well I'm glad they ran in the bike route along the whole thing that seems like a generally good idea that should be there 
Uma time. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, In addition to a functioning transit service. <laughs> well, so, that's second. So. <laughs> My bad. So, uh, the orange line, about 60% of pre-pandemic ridership levels, which is what it was at before it shut down. So that's 120,000 people a day. So you try and move that with shuttle buses, and you'll see how quick we have a good time. Yeah, it's one of the, not one pretty. One of the busiest single transit lines in the country. So not not we, pretty. We should no. get them some triple decker, quadruple yeah. bendy buses. <laughs> yeah, tri- triple decker, <laughs> quadruple <laughs> bendy buses. Yeah, yeah. That probably would have done it. But yeah. Anyway, hopefully the orange line will be fixed. Hopefully somebody will give the damn T some money, and then they can, you know, be America's second metro, which they are. This has been the news. To begin our exploration of the trolley problem today, I think we must ask the eternal question, what is trolley bus? Well, luckily, we've solved it. <laughs> <laughs> we found we've the answer, the so you don't have to stick around the whole time. <laughs> yeah. A trolley bus is an electrically powered bus that draws its power from dual overhead wires. Yeah, trolley buses, um, if you're from a different place, you might know them by a different name because for some reason we call them a whole bunch of different things. So in like Philadelphia and formerly Boston, they were called trackless trolleys, which is fun. (laughs) In the UK, they're called trolley coaches. In a lot of places in Europe, they're called trackless trams. Or you can just call them trolleys. Wait, so what makes them trackless? Well, they don't go on a track. It's just like a bus with, like, rubber wheels. And it's and it goes on wires. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Well, I feel very dumb right now. For some There's reason, no I was picturing a train. No, it's, it's literally, like, it's literally oh. just a bus, but it connects to an overhead wire because it's not stupid. Yeah, anything with an overhead wire, I just, my brain thinks train. I mean, it's about as close as you can get to a train while being, you on know, rubber not tires. a train. <laughs> yeah. Light rail on rubber tires, question mark, question mark. <laughs> <laughs> what, are we going to have, like, a 300-foot-long, multiple-articulated trolley bus going 55 miles an hour? Um, that may actually be a thing, and we're going to talk about it later. Oh. Yeah, in Quito, Peru, they built, like, a BRT, but not in the fake American way, and it runs off really long trolley buses. <laughs> okay, well, I look forward to hearing about that. Yeah. So trolley buses are kind of weird because they have switches, but only on the wire. What do you mean? Like switches, how a train switches track? They yeah, do that except on they the have wire to do that above? on the overhead wire. So you sometimes at like trolley intersections just see like this weird little contraption hanging in the air connected to all the different wires. And then if one trolley is like, I don't know, route one has to go right and route two has to go left... And the little thing has like an automatic little dealio in it to switch your trolley so it goes on the right one. Oh, that's pretty Because cool. otherwise you can derail your trolley. <laughs> dewire it. Yeah, dewire. <laughs> that's what it's called, dewire. Dewiring is like the main hazard of trolley buses. Is, is that yeah. common? Relatively, yeah. But it's pretty easy because what you do if a trolley bus dewires is the operator gets out of the bus, right? Very complicated. Goes to the back, pushes a button, and because trolley poles are spring-loaded, they go back up. Oh, Cool. That seems very complicated and very specialized. Well, and if they get too far off the way, they have a little stick they use to just, like, prod it over <laughs> on the wires. Okay. I like that. Yeah. Pretty straightforward. Very quirky, very cute, etc., etc. So, two wires. You might be wondering, why? Well, because it's not on the superior steel wheel technology. Right, because, you know, you can't pass current into a ground if the ground is made of rubber because rubber does not conduct current. So you have to have a second wire to be ground. Unfortunate, but necessary. I don't think it's unfortunate. 
It's unfortunate that we're not on steel wheels all the time. Yeah. True, we could just put a streetcar there, but then you can't do neat things like charging in motion. That is true. Anyway. <laughs> Which leads us into most modern trolley buses often carry a small battery to allow for limited operations off-wire. So, you know, you can't strand your bus 50 feet from the trolley wire, so you can just yeah, you drive it to, back. Yeah, you don't have to get all the passengers out and push anymore. <laughs> back, in the, back in my day, you had to get out of the trolley bus and push it back to the wires. But these kids uphill. these days, uphill both ways through 10 feet of snow. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, all right, so where can we find these trolley buses? So currently there are as many as 300 trolley bus systems in operation around the world, most of which are in the former Eastern Bloc countries. Fun fact, the Soviets loved trolley buses. And I, I don't know why, but like every city in the Soviet Union of any notable size had or has a trolley bus network. I see no issue with that. No, me neither. <laughs> in Pyongyang, the capital of North Korea, there are a sh- crap ton of Soviet-built trolley buses still running. Built during the Soviet Union. Yeah, like the 80s and 70s. Okay, then. So did they just build them because they're a lot more cost-effective? You know, that's something I probably should have researched for this episode, but I didn't. I think the main deal was um, that most, like, good motor production was in the West. Uh, But, you know, electric motors are really easy to produce with limited industrial capacity. And since the Soviet Union had limited industrial capacity but needed a lot of industrial output, they created a simpler thing, which is a trolley bus. That makes sense. Because very mechanically simple devices. I mean, it's literally just an electric motor electric and, motor wheels. and wheels. Sounds it's, like, it's like an electric car minus all the complicated parts. It sounds yeah. like, um, not go-kart, what do they have at carnivals? Oh, yeah, bumper, bumper, cars. bumper cars. It yeah, sounds like bumper cars, but bumper cars ground through the, the floor, don't they? Yeah, they do, It's I like think. a practical so just bumper a, car. A little better bumper car where you don't see sparks flying everywhere. This is true, <laughs> although you got to love those sparks, to be honest. Yeah, so lots of Eastern Bloc cities have trolley bus networks. Like in Ukraine alone, and Ukraine is like a country the size of Texas, mind you, with like only a marginally larger population, 25 trolley bus networks. 25 separate networks, each with like a bunch of routes and a bunch of buses. Yeah, lots, right? (laughs) Wish we had that over here in North America. I know. But fortunately, in North America, if you're a trolley bus fan like we are, there are still eight trolley bus networks Oh, I've been to one of them. Which one? Seattle. Oh, yeah, that's right. I have pictures I will include this time. I say that every episode and I forget. You actually got pictures this time? Do it. I have pictures. Well, no, I still have pictures whenever I say that. I just never find the clip in the Uh, edit. Yeah, put the the trolley buses on here. We want to see those. Yeah, so in North America, eight trolley bus networks. There is one in Canada in Vancouver because, of course, Vancouver is good and cool. In Mexico, there are two, Mexico City and Guadalajara. In the United States, there is Seattle, San Francisco, which is probably the most famous, and Philadelphia. And then previously in Boston, there were actual proper trolley bus routes, but the NBA TA tore all those out for no reason, and they will be replacing them with BBs sometime in the distant future. Because why would we do a relatively cheap repair on existing good infrastructure when we could lithium-ion battery instead? Well, this is America. You can't have anything run off wires. Of course not. They're so unsightly, especially in older developed areas that are full of overhead wires. That's why we have Bluetooth uh, power to our houses, because we hate overhead wires. Ah, yes. (laughs) So is is BEB battery electric bus? Yeah, BEB is a battery electric bus. Okay, okay. I should have I wasn't too sure. I just wanted shot in the dark and woo. Yeah, good job. 
Um, Boston, they still count as a trolley bus operator because the Silver Line, which is their weird-ass BRT network thingy, it runs on trolley wires when it's in tunnels so that it doesn't, you know, choke everyone to death. So... That's good. Reason, Wait, so it's like a it's like a diesel diesel trolley bus hybrid. Yes. Why not just make the whole thing a trolley bus? I don't know. You spent two billion dollars on a BRT. You think you could afford some wires for it, but apparently not. Are we in like a massive copper shortage or something? I mean, we will be, but no. <laughs> <laughs> not for that reason. No. Oh yes, and then at the end of the line, the little surprise that always surprises everyone: Dayton, Ohio. Because Dayton, Ohio is nowhere. Sure well, yeah, I've like never heard of it. <laughs> right. <laughs> it sounds it's like just, nowhere. It's just nowhere. It's not somewhere you would expect to have eight trolleybus lines and, like, 50 miles of trolleybuses. Lucky the, lucky them. Like, the only thing they're famous for is the Daytona 500 and trolleybuses. So. Oh, it's that oh, Daytona. Yeah. Okay. Dayton, Ohio. Okay. Yeah, so huh. they got trolleybuses. They, they have the really big car festival thing, and then they have... Nice trolley buses. Yeah, the cleanest bus fleet in the country. They're, they're really playing both sides. Mm-hmm. And, fun fact, that is the oldest continually operating trolley bus network in the country. Dayton, Ohio. Yeah, so now that we've gone through what is trolley bus, we must go to how has trolley bus come to be. So the trolley bus was invented in 1882 by Werner von Siemens, founder of the well-known industrial and rail manufacturer that bears his name. His trolley bus was known as the Electromote, and although it was hailed for its innovation, it wasn't really much of a commercial success. Uh, Roads at the time were real rough, and they didn't have, like, you know, tires yet. So trams and streetcars made a lot more sense because you could, like, smooth. He was just ahead of his time then? Yeah, he was ahead of his time. Uh, the first commercial manufacture of trolley buses was undertaken in 1900, but the concept didn't really take off until the 1920s, when trolley buses saw like just this sudden and like extraordinarily like dramatic rise in popularity. Like they go from like zero trolley buses at the turn of the century to 900 cities in 1950. And this coordinates with the fall of the streetcar because these trolley buses can share the same infrastructure that these newfangled automobiles use. <laughs> Ooh, interesting. What is an automobile, Kyle? It is a machine that paves infrastructure over your city. Oh. And destroys America? Yeah. Darn, that sounds unfortunate. <laughs> but hey, at least we can make transit vehicles that use said infrastructure. That is true. And Kyle is right. Um, sort of one of the big raison d'etre for the existence of trolley buses at the very beginning was to have them replace, like, ailing streetcar routes because streetcars kind of spendy to maintain. So you gotta deal with tracks and you gotta deal with the road around it because that's how it worked back in the day. And you gotta deal with overhead wires. With trolley buses, all you gotta do is the overhead wire. So it's a little cheaper to run. Because you can just let somebody else build the pavement for you. Because right. they are gonna do that anyways. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Yeah, but like I said, by 1950, there were trolley bus systems in over 900 cities worldwide. But unfortunately, as with every other transit thing, you'll never guess what shrunk the trolley bus. The motor bus. No. The private automobile. Yes, correct. <laughs> and also practical motor buses. Yeah, and practical motor buses. So, although many systems were dieselized or thrown out altogether, over 357 trolley networks survived into the modern day. And like we said earlier, most of these are in former Eastern Bloc countries like Russia, Ukraine, Romania, Hungary, and Poland, the longest of which is in Moscow, Russia, which is over 800 miles in length. Whoa. 
That's a lot of trolley bus. <laughs> and they're still using the same buses. No, they're not. Oh, they got new ones? You see, you see, in Russia, the deal is if you don't live in Moscow or St. Petersburg, all of your infrastructure is decaying and horrible. If you live in Moscow or St. Petersburg, it's beautiful and modern. So they just gave one of their own stuff to the other... Yeah, to the North yeah, Koreans. Okay. <laughs> That's fair enough. <laughs> all right. So... Other notable networks of trolleybuses include Minsk, Belarus, St. Petersburg, Beijing, and the 52-mile-long Yalta to Simferopol line, which is the longest in the world. And it's like an interurban trolleybus. In what country? Ukraine. Okay. Cool. Like, it's like the equivalent of a Greyhound bus, but it runs on trolley wires. It goes between two cities. That's perfect. Connor. With the remember the Tom Scott video about the charging in motion semi trucks. Uh-huh. If that ever rolls out, we should have charging in motion Greyhound. Inner city coaches, yeah. Yep. Who needs high speed rail when you can have a ton of inner city coaches? We we need high speed rail. Rail go burr. Rail go cheap. We don't though. But rail go cheap. I mean, we and could fast. just do a really big BRT on the highway. <laughs> have you ever seen that Onion video of the high speed buses? That sounds like a great idea. They use the shoulder. Isn't the and shoulder plow? Oh, <laughs> I was gonna be like, isn't the shoulder supposed to be like an important breakdown lane? <laughs> if you if your car breaks down, you were too weak to drive. It's simple. <laughs> Whack! Get My out of the bad. way. Just slice it in half. Yeah, slice it in half. We could get those bus lane enforcement cameras and put them on the buses. <laughs> yeah, we could. <laughs> and then just you know zap it out of the way. Did you see that graphic? But before we talk about why we think trolleys are the future of the bus... And the past. Well, yes, and the past. And we wish it was the present. And we wish it was the present. We need to talk about their newest competitor, the battery electric bus. Quote-unquote competitor. It is a competitor in, like, market share. Yeah. Not Not in being good. (laughs) (laughs) My bad. I forgot we weren't competing on terms of being good. Yeah, no. The trolley buses are unequivocally better, but, like, you know... So, what is battery bus? Simple. Buses that use lithium ion or other batteries to store electric power on board. Uh, The number of advantages to BEBs. Flexibility for one, they don't need to follow a wire ever. Even the latest charging in motion trolley buses only have an off-wire range of 10 to 20 miles, which limits their usefulness outside of wired areas. Can we discuss this one? Yeah. This point amuses me because if you've ever, like, been in a place that has bus routes, you'll know that they don't really change often at all. Well, yes, but if they do, then you have an issue. Okay. It seems like something you could easily just plan around, though. Yes, It you doesn't could. seem like... No, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> like, this this is a pretty silly point because I would get this point if you we were applying it to pure battery-free trolley buses where you have to have 100% wire coverage. But with charging in motion, if you have, like, 50% wire coverage, you're fine. Yes. What what this is meant more to apply to is, like, really suburban and rural areas where you still have to run service. Because there are certain places it's not worth the capital expense of putting up the wires. I agree. And so it's better to just charge a bus overnight, send it out, and it can run its route. The point is there are areas for both, but we're slightly off Whoa, we can use both alternatives? I know. know. What a whack idea. I did not know that that was allowed. Yeah. They have many of the same efficiency advantages that trolleys have. Electric propulsion allows for regenerative braking, and they don't pollute the air directly. 
This yeah. is really directly. important. Directly. Yeah, directly. They don't pollute directly. the air here. You see, they just pollute <laughs> the air with, like, lithium dust in Bolivia. Well, great. and making electricity from coal. Well, yeah, but most transit agencies pay for their electricity to be renewable. So. That is true. Then like, Trax runs 100% off renewable energy. Yes. Yes. So mining ethics aside, this is actually a really important point, especially in, say, London, where everything is full of buses all of the time, and the pollution actually makes a big difference. It's smoked up, in it? It's smoked up, in it? <laughs> <laughs> That's better, I gotta say. It's got a certain authenticity <laughs> to it. <laughs> there are legitimate air pollution and noise concerns around diesel and even natural gas buses that electrifying buses by some method or another solves. Electric buses are good. Uh, but unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you feel about them, there are several fatal flaws in battery buses. For starters, if you've ever thought a Tesla or a Hummer EV battery pack <laughs> was heavy, imagine how much battery you need to move an 18,000-pound bus. Yeah. Yeah, all those batteries make battery buses extremely heavy, which means they can't drive on certain roads due to weight restrictions. This is actually a thing. We already know that electric passenger cars do more damage to roads because they're heavier, and damage to roads goes up with the fourth power vehicle weight. And if you've ever been in places where buses go or stop a lot, especially on older ro roads, you can see indents in the pavement where the asphalt is shifted because of repeated heavy bus traffic. Right, and so just imagine like some of the really heavy bus corridors in the country, like the Portland Transit Mall, like, I don't know, 2nd South here, like just un innumerable streets in New York City. Just think about the like extra stress and where that's gonna be applied to the roads. Also, the fact that they weigh a billion pounds makes them shake themselves to pieces a lot, which is kind of a problem. <laughs> That's what's been plaguing a number of American battery electric buses. Yeah, Albuquerque Rapid Transit, which is a bus rapid transit line that uses electric buses, had that problem when they first started. Uh, those ones were also unreliable and had less mileage, but that was more a problem with the company than the technology. Uh, and then Philly just recently, like a couple years ago, rolled out a brand new 25 bus battery bus fleet that was almost immediately taken out of service because the chassis shook themselves apart from their own weight. Did they buy the whole fleet before testing it? Uh-huh. Well, you know, you get a bus from the manufacturer, it's fine. It should be fine. Yeah. Is, this, is this something the government's really into paying for these days? Oh yeah, the feds love paying for battery buses. And battery trains now, but that's a whole other thing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> battery fun. Yeah, Metra Metra is buying six battery trains. Oh, what? Locomotives. Tesla? No, they're modifying some of their old locomotives to run off batteries. Modifying them? <laughs> Why can't they modify some of their old locomotives to have pantographs? Well, you see, Metra already has some lines with electric power, but you see they couldn't extend that to the rest of their network because that would be bad, you see. Because it's definitely cheaper in terms of total system cost and operating and maintenance costs to, you know, put... You can't even comprehend how massive these battery packs would need to be in trains uh -huh. than it is to just put up a wire. Clearly. Are, like, battery trains being considered for BNSF and, like... Yeah, they actually have some already, but they were complete failures, so they just sit in the yard all the time, except when they need to be pulled out for promotional reasons, because they, they can't actually do anything, because they weigh so much, and they can produce so little power. 
If if you thought the power to weight <laughs> ra- ratio on a diesel electric locomotive was bad, <clears throat> front runner, <clears throat> imagine what it looks like on a battery electric. Yeah, it's not locomotive. good. I, yeah, really. <laughs> okay, not well, ba- battery <laughs> trains are an objectively terrible idea. Period. End of sentence. Well, shuttle lines. That's a charging in motion, not battery. Okay, only. fair. Charging it. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Anyways. Uh, back to battery electric buses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, charging is another disadvantage. Uh, battery buses take a long time to charge, meaning that a fleet of BEBs requires significantly more vehicles than a comparative network of diesel, CNG, or trolley buses. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So We've seen Tesla and the likes throw more and more technology at this problem to try and charge batteries you faster see, and faster at any cost. technology, they mostly just mean brute force by shoving more <laughs> it basically is that. power into the battery at once, which like is... A lot of complicated battery management, and your battery can barely not explode while you charge it way faster than it was ever meant to be charged. Yeah, just hope it doesn't catch on fire. It will be significantly detrimental to life of your battery. Good. So, so you'd need more battery buses then you would definitely need normal buses. Yeah, yep. because, because you have to have, like, charging at any given time because they have a limited range and you can't just, you know, stick a hose in there and be like, shh. That feels like a big downside. It is, but nobody likes to talk about that. Uh, fast on-route charging is available, but it is extremely, extremely inefficient. Like, you know, let's say you've got a bucket, right? Mm-hmm. And you need to fill the bucket with water. You go under one of those dump things at a, at a water park to fill your bucket with water. And it goes... And your bucket's full of water, but there's also just a crap ton of water everywhere because it's, you know, not an efficient way to fill your bucket with water. This is the same charging problem. You just can't charge lithium-ion batteries fast enough. Yeah, without just dumping enormous amounts of energy. Are there other kind of batteries that would work better? They are not powerful enough to power a bus for a long range, but they are in charging in motion buses because you don't need that much range. There's no other technology other than lithium-ion that I'm aware of that has the energy density (laughs) and the power output to move an entire bus. Mm, So maybe we shouldn't do it then? Uh, we're, We're getting there. Um, and then additional to charging costs, building sufficient charging infrastructure to service a BEB fleet has almost all the same costs associated with a CIM trolleybus fleet. So remember how we're buying more expensive, heavier, and more complicated buses because of the batteries. Yeah. And but also, we're saving money and on And we're charging. also buying more buses because they need time to charge. But we're saving money on overhead wires, right? by instead having stationary charging points. And all the same electric infrastructure? Yeah. Yeah. It's great. So, yeah, that's a problem. Um, also, notable problem with battery vehicles in general, uh, spontaneous combustion. They kind of just... Sometimes. We've, we've seen this happen in passenger cars. And again, more and more tech is being thrown at the problem to make it less of a problem. But this is a fundamental issue with lithium-ion batteries, is that they really, really, really want to explode. Yeah. And putting a even bigger, even like hulking, ma- more massive lithium-ion battery in <laughs> an even bigger and even shoddier vehicle only makes the problem orders of magnitude worse. So yeah. the shaking probably does not help at all then. No, no. <laughs> nor does the fact that you're trying to save weight and save space on your battery, which means you can afford less material to protect it from blowing up. So you're, st- you're like sitting or standing on a massive, heavy, 
combustible yes it could kill you battery well, that's shaking violently yeah yes. and it should be noted that battery buses do have a pretty decent safety record of the maybe like 500,000 that have existed only 12 have caught fire so but what's the safety record compared to a normal bus eh, probably about the bus? same regular buses and trolley buses catch fire occasionally as yeah. well so there's no upside in like safety no, there's no, no upside in safety worse. aspect. Yeah, it's okay. just it's just <laughs> if you get hit, might explode like yeah. violently. Also, so. it might just do it randomly, like that uh-huh. bus in Hartford just did just a few weeks ago. Great. So, so yeah. do these batteries blow up often? No, but when they do, it's, it's exciting. A massive PR nightmare, and is near impossible to put out? Yeah, it is basically impossible to put out one of these fires. You've seen all the news articles about how hard um, passenger electric vehicle fires are to put out. Imagine that, but way bigger. Yeah. So you need immensely expensive fire suppression systems in battery electric bus depots? Yeah. Like, like mm-hmm. hardcore, because... Like server room? No, even, you, can't, even you can't apply that technology. You can't? Lithium-ion batteries burn without oxygen. Oh, good. Good. So you can't apply most traditional fire suppression techniques to them. They just burn, and you just put a ton of water on them. So you can't remove, like, any aspect of what constitutes a fire. You just put thousands of gallons of water on them to keep the fire contained and eventually have it go away. So basically what you should do is store them under a swimming pool with really big doors in the case of a fire. (laughs) (laughs) Just swings them. Yeah. And now, then your buses can finish burning underwater. Yes. I, 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 I have no idea that the batteries burned without oxygen. Yes. Yeah, yeah. so that seems. This is why it's so hard to put them out. That seems unreal to me. We don't hear about phones exploding ever since that one Samsung one. The reason they don't explode <laughs> mm-hmm. is there's a bajillion and a half different like safety and structural protection and temperature protection and overcurrent protection and undercurrent protection and monitoring systems all to make sure that the conditions that make it blow up never happen. Mm-hmm. But if those conditions were to happen, it's blown up and you can't stop it. <laughs> and wow. we can engineer that into a phone and we have decades of experience doing that. But engineering that into a battery that's like maxed out for size and is a weight issue. And is bumping along on terrible city streets all the time. And is in a giant vehicle that could end up in an impact with a different giant vehicle is much harder, dare I say, <laughs> not practical. See, all of this, these don't sound like issues. I, I want to ride them. <laughs> you want to ride the battery bus? I want the whole UTA fleet to be converted yeah. today. Well, lucky you. Um. <laughs> well, as you see, we do have the one battery electric orange orange bus on campus. Oh. Yeah. Oh, wait, so that's one of them? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, the, the low-floor orange line bus on see, campus. See, I don't, I, don't, I don't mind that bus, but I, it's I, a nice I, bus. I'd never board it ever again. It's, so. a, <laughs> it's a nice bus when it's in service. The, the only reason I liked that bus was because it was kind of quiet. It still mm-hmm. wasn't because of yeah. the awful Those roads. are the only legit benefits of battery electric buses are noise and air pollution. The only other thing I liked about it, though, and this was an issue with the fleet in general, was that was the only like low boarding yeah, the bus. Only that's accessible true. Bus that, that's the, the only thing I liked. I love. I love that uh, part. Re- of it. Realistically, I wish the whole campus shuttle fleet was low floor transit. Actually buses. accessible. Ahem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all our points <laughs> summarized. 
this is technology that works when it doesn't break or, or blow burn. up. <laughs> <laughs> and, and when you're able to buy enough of them to charge them. But it is a technology that we can use. And if you ever ride a battery electric bus, you'll probably have a pretty pleasant experience because they're quiet. And this is why, bullet point number five, trolleys are a better solution. You can get all of the benefits of battery electric buses, which are the noise and air pollution, without any of the downsides. Like yeah. weighing significantly Yeah, yeah. trolleys, <laughs> including charging and motion trolley buses, weigh significantly less than battery electric buses since they carry smaller batteries. What a strange idea, right? Like literally the, all, the only problem with a battery electric bus is the giant ass battery. If you can take that out of the equation, it's great tech. So electric bus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, these are generally smaller, less powerful batteries and are significantly less prone to catching on fire than the more unstable batteries that are used in BEBs. Because you no longer need to power the entire bus the entire time, you can just pick and choose a more appropriate technology that'll right. have, say, a longer lifespan that, say, is much, much, much less likely to catch fire, <laughs> that, say, you can charge in the ways you want, want to charge it, so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, also, trolleys generally have a longer lifetime than other types of buses because their internal functions are very simple and easy to maintain. This, so, is, this is similar to why uh, passenger electric vehicles have much lower maintenance than internal combustion electric vehicles. This is true. Like, generally a bus, you can count on battery or traditional diesel slash CNG. They have a lifetime of about 12 years. Uh, low end, like modern trolley buses, you can generally expect 20 to 30 years out of. Because there's like yeah. three moving parts. Yeah. Sounds reasonable. <laughs> three to moving me. parts, and four of them are the wheels. Um, Trolleys allow for greater energy efficiency as there are less of the charging losses that are fundamental to BEBs. Because, you know, you're only using the charge discharge for pieces of your route, not the whole thing. Yeah. They're also more environmentally friendly because batteries are bad. Very, very, very yes. bad. So I, the less battery we can use, the better. Like, I cannot stress how terrible lithium mining is for the environment. Have you, if you've ever seen one of the open pit copper mines we have out west, like think that times like 40. Great. Because they just go to like a giant flat area with lithium salt in it and just mine away the whole thing. Not to mention overseas labor exploitation. Yeah, and they do it with slave labor, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, batteries actually bad, question mark? Exclamation point. Exclamation point. Not a question. Yeah. So if we can throw up some overhead wires and permit ourselves to have, like, a small battery, we can then go ahead and pick and choose, maybe pay extra for... Um, yeah, legally and safely mined materials. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a concept. Yeah, and then here's the shocker, actually, because the battery industry does not want you to see this. A charging in motion trolley bus fleet, wires and all, is cheaper to maintain than an equivalent battery bus fleet and to build. Not surprising, there's less things. Yeah, so <laughs> refer to Table 1, and this is according to Urban Transportation Magazine, a well-respected industry publication. So, option one, a battery bus fleet with depot charging for 300 vehicles. Canadian dollars, 446 million. Option two, battery bus fleet with en-route opportunity charging, 280 vehicles. Canadian dollars, 451 million. Option three, equivalent trolley bus charging in motion fleet of 250 vehicles, including wires, Canadian 
$405 million. So as this publication has told us, it's literally cheaper to just pay to put up the wires. Yeah. It, it also, I, I didn't even think about it when we were talking, but obviously if you buy less vehicles, you have to pay less money. Yeah, well, and there are other costs associated with BEBs because you have basically the same electrical costs just because, like, stringing up two overhead wires isn't that complicated, but all the charging pantographs and stuff requires basically the same amount of infrastructure. Mm-hmm. So you end up paying about the same for electric infrastructure, and then you got to buy more buses, and also because you got to buy more buses, you got to have more land to store them on. So land acquisition costs go up twenty to fifty percent. And you also have to do more maintenance work on them because they're more complicated and they rick it themselves apart. Yeah, they they do shake themselves apart, which is a problem. Um, yeah, so like they are just literally cheaper, and I am very confused as to why we are into battery buses at the moment. You you can pick the one cost of the trolley bus, which is the overhead wires, or you can pick the, like, five costs of battery electric buses. Yeah. So, that's nice. It's a conspiracy. Literally. Well, Well, you see, the T tore out their trolley bus wires because, you know, they would have cost $8 million to fix them, so instead they're going to buy a whole new fleet. A whole fleet of electric... Battery buses. It would have been significantly cheaper in just, like, immediate capital costs to fix the wires than it would be to buy, like, eight new buses. Uh, Especially since they just redone all the wires in 2016. The more you talk about this, the more it sounds like an actual conspiracy. Well, it's just because Americans are incapable of maintaining anything. So, now... All that good things being said of why trolleys are superior to, you know, battery buses, there are a few limitations to trolleys that make them unsuited to certain uses. And this kind of comes down to the reason that buses are a mode of transportation in the first place and why we don't just build streetcars and rail systems everywhere. That's right. It is infrastructure cost. Yeah. So there are high capital costs for wires. Trolley wires cost about a million dollars per route mile, which doesn't seem like that much. But for your average bus route, like, that's maybe doubling or tripling the capital cost to start a new bus route. Yeah. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, so it doesn't always make sense. Uh, So that means basically if you got a low frequency or a low usage route in a less dense area, it's going to make a lot more sense to use, like, a battery bus or a CNG bus or something like that so that you just, you know, don't have to deal with that extra capital cost. Yeah. And guess what? If you have, say, like... 80% 80% charging in motion trolley buses and like 20% battery only buses, you've now like cut in five the amount of worrying and, ex- and money <laughs> exploding that you have to deal with. Yes. And this is not true. to mention, we already mentioned wear and tear on the roadway. If you're only using your battery only buses for low frequency out in the middle of nowhere routes, that's suddenly a lot less of an issue. Yeah, because you don't have to you know, pay a whole bunch to fix the road every two years because four billion pound <laughs> battery vehicles are going over it. Yeah. Um, and then also, you know, I got to mention this because it is a downfall. There are maintenance costs for trolley wires. You do have to, you know, replace them occasionally because they are... They're wires. They're they break. Wires, they break. Yeah. yeah. So trolley buses do have costs. I mean, cost singular, and that cost is the overhead wires. Yeah. <laughs> it exists, needs to be factored into the decision-making process, but generally the math is going to fall on the side of get the trolley bus. Yeah, generally. Um, and then weather issues. This is actually a big thing, and it may be the reason that the T actually got rid of the trolley buses. 
When it gets very hot, trolley wires expand and they droop because unlike you know catenary wires on light rail or subways or commuter rail or whatever else, they're not weighted. They aren't tensioned. Because they're meant to be cheap and also they have to go over a roadway, whereas catenaries are in a straight line between. That's right. So they're not always tensioned, uh, which can be problematic when it gets really hot because you got to go slower so you don't dewire and all that. That can be an issue. Climate change resiliency-wise, you will need to figure out how to handle that because it's going to start getting much hotter. Yeah. Um, and then cold weather is less of an issue, but it's also an issue, and this is probably the reason that the T got rid of theirs. Uh, switches, they freeze, and so you have to heat them. And also, um, the wires sometimes freeze, so you have to heat the trolley poles also so Which, that they can melt again, through it. Again, add, adds to infrastructure costs. Yeah. So... You know, this can be fixed with heaters. You can also just run diesels if it gets really bad for a while. But, you know, that's obviously not preferable. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I love how our downside section for trolley buses is you have to pay money for the wires, and the wires have occasionally problems. Well, there is one other downside that we have to discuss. What would that be? That downside is NIMBYs. And the reason that is a big downside is because NIMBYs hate overhead wires with a burning passion. Very scary, ruining the character of the neighborhood. (laughs) Right, so it's like politically very hard to put in a new trolleybus route because the people in the neighborhood will freak out for no reason. I mean, it should be a (laughs) non-issue in like existing urban cores, like say Salt Lake most of the place where we would get the most benefit out of charging most in trolley buses is already laced with tons and tons and tons of yielding power poles. Uh-huh. I, I see why people feel well, that way. Well, and you see, I'm trying to non-load, like, here maybe not so much an issue, but a lot of places they have underground transition wires almost exclusively. Okay, I see. Like, you don't see overhead wires in, like, Manhattan. And so people with, like, their row house on, like, 466th Avenue or whatever are going to freak out because suddenly there's an overhead wire and this tiny little line of metal is going to destroy my view and neighborhood value. Mm. <sighs> so that's sort of the hidden cost of trolley buses is you do have to deal with NIMBYs. And that's always something that should be avoided if possible. But in this case, <laughs> probably just go for it, TBH. I mean, if I were the NIMBY here and somebody was putting up a bus route directly in front of my place of residence, would I want a diesel or natural gas bus, which are relatively loud a lot of the time? Um. Well, you see, Kyle, they simply do not want the bus. They support public transportation, Ah, but they're on another street. street. They they want to pause a different place? Yes. Yeah, okay. So anyways, usual usual NIMBY stuff. Yeah, usual NIMBY stuff. Which adds to your capital costs because you have to pay to, like... Lawsuits! Yep. I I do like how one of the issues, though, is just weather. Mm -hmm. That's going to be an issue with everything always for the end of time, so... Yeah. Well, but, you know, despite those issues, in denser, high bus traffic urban areas, charging in motion trolley buses are probably the best solution for a greener bus network. They allow flexibility in operations while also ensuring that efficient energy use is maintained and allow for lower capital costs most of the time. All while building a more reliable system. Yeah. So, trolley buses. 
So speaking of places one could do charging in motion,、mm. how about Salt Lake City's shiny new transit corridor in、Second、which、south. they are digging up and redoing the road and putting down new paint and putting down bus islands and mostly having bus lanes and mostly Wait, having、so、bike lanes. Hey, they've got a whole ten blocks of bus lanes, and then it kind of fizzles out for three blocks, and then the project ends. Wait, so is、right. that what they're doing right now? What they're digging up, right? Sort of. I, well, thought, first, I thought it was just pipe. At first, it's first it's the pipe, and then once they're done with the pipe, they'll spend forever redoing the road.、Uh, is it going to be concrete or asphalt?、Oh, I assume concrete. Probably concrete. They're planning to run twelve、right? hundred buses a day over it. But they're not. I would assume they want to.、Actually. I would assume they want to do concrete. Concrete seems to be like it's pouring out more. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. On、better. highways, especially. Because it's better. Yeah, that's their thing lately. Lasts、yeah. longer. Not not reusable though. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, but、you、I guess you can grind it up into really small pieces and turn it into sand. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you could always just like hack up slabs of it and use it to build buildings, though. Yeah, <laughs> like this is wall piece number one. Where did it come from? Second South. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you know, you know, it'd be a great place for charging in motion. The city's shiny new primary bus corridor. Yeah, you could even run the two as just a proper trolley bus. You actually could. Wouldn't that be nice?、Uh, and then get this: the campus shuttles could use、um, the same trolley wires. Yeah, they could use charging in motion. So is trolley wire height and everything standardized like rail?、Uh, yeah, it, it's like a certain amount of feet. I don't、yeah. know how many.、Yeah. <laughs> and at any rate, if you're just building it within one city, they'll have no issue just doing the same thing. Yeah, they can standardize、oh, it. Sweet. And we had trolley buses here before, from 1928 to 1946. Bring、so、them back. I want heritage. I want the overhead wires on the orange BRT. Oh dear! No, they should they should reconvert a bit of trolley square back into a trolley depot. Okay, that'd be fun. That、though. would be fun. I, I want that because especially since most of that place is dead. Yeah. Um, it's coming back. Like hey, the they, gateway. They could use the parking. Well, they could use the underground parking garage for one, but they could also use the service parking lot that has the bridge going to it, and turn that、mm. into a little trolley bus.、Thing. They're doing bus something、depot. with that. Oh, are they building something there? Apartments. That's good. Based. Or right on that block, close to that corner, they're doing something. Good.、Like、that. Construction.、Yeah. Good.、Yeah. Build more houses. So. This has been the Redline Podcast. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fine. Yeah. We'll go into Patreon stuff now. So remind to subscribe and like on YouTube. Follow and rate us, please. See you play. We'd、yep. like to thank our patrons. Yeah. Phobos two three nine zero, Curtis Howard, and Mike Christensen. Those are our frontrunner tier patrons at ten dollars. Thank you very much. Our redline tier patrons at five dollars are Jacob Whitecotton and Brian Smith. Thank you very much. Our blue line tier patrons at three dollars are Martin Hoka Martinez, DJ Will Watkins, Hi Will, Ethan McDonald, and Ben Busseth. Thank you all very much for paying us to make this crap. All right, build more houses, ride more buses. Goodbye. Choo choo. <laughs>